Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hidden in the forests of northern Minnesota, just off the shore of Lake Superior, there's a waterfall. It's part of the Brule River that winds through Judge C.R. Magney State Park. At first glance, it looks like any other waterfall. It's picturesque, surrounded by the lush wilderness of Minnesota's North Shore, and powerful enough to get that real good, relaxing roar of rushing water. But if you take a closer look at the top, you'll notice something unusual. One half of the river flows up to the edge of the falls and tumbles over before making its way to the Great Lake. The other half slips into a hole at the top of the falls and disappears. This hole is called the Devil's Kettle. For decades, nobody could explain it. The kettle swallowed up the water and anything else you threw into it. Sticks, leaves, ping pong balls never to be seen again. It appeared bottomless, like a portal directly to the underworld. Over the years, a number of stories, and at least one horror film, have been inspired by the mystery of Devil's Kettle. But it wasn't until last spring, when a couple of scientists from the State Department of Natural Resources revealed the truth. This is Science Solved It, and today's episode, The Devil's Kettle. Welcome to Science Solved It, Motherboard's show about the greatest mysteries that were solved by science. I'm Kaylee Rogers. reaches of Minnesota wrap around the western nose of Lake Superior, the largest of the Great Lakes. It's in this remote, wild stretch of land that the Devil's Kettle is found. It's inside a 4,500-acre state park near the town of Grand Marais, Minnesota. Population, 1,351. 
And it's worth mentioning that, in reporting this story, the one thing I heard repeatedly is that this area of the country is really, really beautiful. It's a beautiful... You just see the beautiful scenery. It's just a fascinating place and very, very beautiful. One of those voices you just heard belongs to Dusty Nelms, the county recorder for Cook County, Minnesota, where the Devil's Kettle is located. I called her up to get a local's perspective. Good morning, recorder's office. She's lived in the region all her life, not far from the Devil's Kettle. Oh, yeah, I've been there. We used to go swimming up there. It used to be, I think, for many years, a big swimming pool, like at the falls right below the Devil's Kettle, because there's a nice pool of water. Dusty told me that, growing up, everybody was aware of the Devil's Kettle and the fact that it mysteriously swallowed up the water that flowed into it. But with typical Midwestern pragmatism, she told me folks didn't spend a lot of time worrying about a hole in the ground. Well, like I said earlier, there really hasn't been that much said about it. We just know there's a hole there as the river flows through in this area. And as far as I know, they have never discovered where that went to. I know they came up with something more recent about what they thought. But as I was growing up, it was always just said, oh, we have no idea where it goes. Still, over the years, curious onlookers have reportedly dropped various objects in the kettle, waiting to see if they would resurface downstream. They never did. There actually were quite a few. There were stories that people had put dye into it and had never seen the dye. That's Jeff Green from the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. We'll hear more from him later, but he shared some of the tales of citizen scientists trying to figure out the mystery of the Devil's Kettle. They threw in ping-pong balls and never saw the ping-pong balls, and they threw in signs and different things, and uh, none of it ever came back up. Those were the stories. I think I read somewhere online that there was, not that this happened, but that there was a rumor that someone shoved a car in there. Yeah, that's another story that someone dropped a car into it, which I'm not quite sure how you'd get a car there, but uh, yeah, that was one of the stories. Everything that was dropped into the maw met the same fate. It vanished. The only thing rumored to have ever resurfaced after a trip into the kettle was a person. Here's Dusty again. So I did ask my mom and dad, whom my dad has lived here all his life as well, and he is now 87, if he could recall any stories. Dusty's father recollected a story he heard growing up about a boy from a camp set up in the woods outside Grand Marais. In the 1930s, under President Roosevelt's New Deal, the government set up camps all over the country where able-bodied young men could come and sign up to work for the federal government like they may have built like some old roads in the county. One of those camps, Grover Consett Camp, was located in what is now the Judge Magny State Park. At the time, Dusty's father heard that a few of the boys from the camp were exploring the area, and they got the idea that they could solve the mystery of the Devil's Kettle by lowering one of them inside of it. You know, they lowered him in on a rope and then just pulled him out again. According to the story, which Dusty's dad admitted might just be myth or legend. The man was lowered 36 feet into the hole at a time of year when the water was low enough that it wasn't rushing into the kettle. He never saw the bottom, 
even after 36 feet of rappelling. And then his buddies yanked him back out again. Devil's Kettle has sparked imaginations, including filmmaker Diablo Cody, whose sophomore flick Jennifer's Body, about a popular high school cheerleader turned vampire, was inspired by the lore. Devil's Kettle sounds twisted, I know, but the place is just named after a waterfall. Technically, it's not a normal waterfall. It goes into this hole, and it doesn't come out. The scientist guys dropped all kinds of things down there, but nothing ever surfaces. Maybe it's another dimension. Or, you know, just really deep. But in the scientific community, the ideas about where all that water was going were a little more down to earth. People thought maybe it went to Canada because you're not very far from Canada. This is Jeff again. I'm a groundwater hydrologist with the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources, Division of Ecological and Water Resources. Jeff studies how water that has soaked into the ground moves and affects its surroundings. He's one of the scientists who actually solved the mystery of Devil's Kettle. It's something he had been curious about for more than 20 years, after he and some friends took a trip up to the North Shore. I'm the Department of Natural Resources person who specializes in tracing groundwater flow. I put fluorescent dye into sinkholes and disappearing streams down here in the karst of southeast Minnesota. And my friends, who I was with, and my wife, when we were up at the Devil's Kettle, they said, well, why don't you pour some dye in here, Jeff? And he's like, well, I could. But Jeff actually had some more pressing work to do, beyond trying to find the bottom of a bottomless pit. So he put it aside. In the meantime, other scientists and amateur scientists continued to guess as to how the devil's kettle functioned. People thought it went out into Lake Superior and came up like a submarine spring. You know, you'll have springs in lakes like the Great Lakes or in the ocean that rise out in the water body from the floor. And people thought it was coming out there. There were just various theories like that, that the water was going away from the river. That was the key, that, that half the river flow was leaving the river. In similar geological features, the answer is simple. The water has eroded a new path through the rock and drifted into an underground stream or cave. But this just didn't make sense for the Devil's Kettle. You would see a rock called rhyolite, which is Precambrian rock. It's very old. It's the Canadian Shield. These rocks are billion-plus years old. They're very hard. They're not the kind of rock you typically see a river disappear into. Rocks like limestone and dolomite are pretty soft as far as rocks go and are easily eroded by water to form conduits and caves. But rhyolite is much tougher and doesn't get eaten away in the same fashion. It wouldn't be possible for the Brule River to carve passages through this kind of rock. As for the Devil's Kettle itself, it's ancient and was carved by a glacier, showing how tough it is to power through this kind of rock. The rocks up there don't dissolve like limestones do. In 2016, when a water gauging crew was doing work along the Brule River, Jeff realized that he could enlist their help to answer his most pressing question about the Devil's Kettle. Was it even swallowing up the water at all? When we come back from the break, we'll hear about Jeff's experiment that finally solved the mystery of this unusual place.
Hey guys, if you like our show, you might also want to check out Science Versus, a podcast from Gimlet Media that takes on fads, trends, and the opinionated mob. Science Versus dissects what's fact, what's not, and what's somewhere in between, like their recent episode on serial killers. Then he used her head for a dartboard, but he wasn't done killing. You never turn your back on a serial killer. That's Science Versus, hosted by Australian science journalist Wendy Zuckerman. Science VS. Welcome back to Science Solved It. Let's go back to Jeff. He had finally decided to investigate Devil's Kettle in the fall of 2016, when a team of specialized water gaugers were doing work along the Brule River. We have a series of gauging stations in, in Minnesota, places where we measure river flow, and if you measure river flow enough at various heights of the, of the river, you can develop a rating curve so that you can look at the level of the river and know how much water is in it. And our gauging crew was already going up to the Brule River monthly because we have a gauging station there. Despite all the hypotheses floating around in the scientific community that the water was drifting up to Canada or flowing underground to Lake Superior, Jeff was always skeptical about the core premise, that half the water disappears when it flows into the kettle. Well, you know, we looked at it and did science. You know, the assumption was half the water was leaving, so we were going to pour dye into it, but we thought, well, let's first verify that half the flow is leaving. Jeff wanted to start the experiment by measuring the water flow right above the falls and right after, to see if any of the water actually left the river once it disappeared into the Devil's Kettle. This would allow them to figure out just how much water was being diverted and could give them a clue about where the water was going. You know, assuming half the flow was leaving, getting that downstream flow measurement, that would help us know where to look for the water coming back up if we did end up doing a dye trace. So Jeff called up the supervisor of the gauging team and asked if they could do a few measurements for him one above the falls, and one below. They do this by using acoustic instruments to measure the width of the river, the depth, and the velocity at which the water is flowing. By plugging these numbers into a simple equation, they can calculate how much water is moving through the river in cubic feet per second. The team carefully measured the water, and within a few weeks, they sent Jeff the results. 123 cubic feet per second upstream of the Devil's Kettle, 121 cubic feet per second downstream. And in the world of stream gauging, those are basically the same number. The amount of water flowing right before the falls and the amount of water flowing after it was the same. That meant the Devil's Kettle wasn't swallowing up the water at all and causing half the river to disappear. It was just dropping it down into the river below. Look at that. The flow's coming right back in the river. There were other clues at Devil's Kettle that backed up these findings. When water drops over a ledge, the stream below will have a boil, the point where the water bubbles and splashes back up as it rejoins the stream. At Devil's Kettle, there are actually two distinct boils visible at the base of the falls. One below the kettle, one below the waterfall. As for where exactly the Devil's Kettle opens up into the river, Jeff said he can only guess at this point, but it appears to be directly below the opening. Wait a minute, if the Devil's Kettle is basically just a tube that 
drops water back down into the river. Whatever happened to all the things people dropped in there over the years? The dye, the ping pong balls, the car. Well, there's nothing written down about what people actually did that uh, we could find. I talked with one of the park workers there who's been there for quite a few years, and she said there's nothing in their files at the park that detail what people did. So we don't know if anybody really did throw anything in there. Jeff told me even if the old wives' tales were true, it's unlikely these local investigators would have seen their tossed objects reemerge. In order for dye to be visible, they'd need to use several pounds of fluorescent tracing dye. A bottle of food coloring wouldn't do the trick. And as for the ping pong balls... You know, the ping pong balls, if people dump ping pong balls in, they would be smashed flat by the recirculating currents. You know, as the water goes over a fall, when it comes back up, it recirculates. That's why dams are such drowning machines. And ping pong balls would have all been crushed flat and obliterated had they been going through that. It was all so disappointing. This mystery had confounded people and fascinated us for generations. And it turns out it was just dumping the water right back where it was. No portal to the underworld. No upside down. Not even an underground cave. But it turns out Jeff and other fans of the Devil's Kettle were more easily satisfied with the truth. Jeff told me they had considered doing a dye test to prove that the water simply rejoins the river. But one reason they've put that on hold is because so many people wanted to come watch it, they weren't sure how they'd handle the crowds. On the State Park's Facebook page, when they announced these findings last fall, hundreds of people commented on the results. While some were skeptical, the majority were thrilled to have an answer, any answer, and found it fascinating. We wondered about this every time we visited. Thanks for the explanation, said one comment. I want to go see this, said many others. And my personal favorite. This photo today elevates my mood a lot. Nice to remember there are wild, beautiful, and natural things still. And that's really the point. Jeff spends most of his days doing more consequential scientific work, like protecting state fish hatcheries from sinkholes that contaminate the water. But his work on the Devil's Kettle shows that a little science can go a long way. And there are still wonderful things out there for us to discover. We applied scientific methods and we solved something that no one had ever solved before. I just would encourage your listeners to come to Minnesota and come visit our parks. The North Shore parks are stunningly beautiful. They are the favorite place of many people in the upper Midwest. It's well worth going to see the Devil's Kettle, even if we do know half the flow doesn't disappear from the river. You won't see the devil if you go visit Devil's Kettle. But you might see this podcast host. I've heard it's just a fascinating place and very, very beautiful. Science Solved It is a production of Vice Media and Motherboard. If you're enjoying the show, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else where you listen. You can find us on Twitter at Science Solved It. 
This episode was produced and edited by Sophie Cases. Production assistance was provided by Catherine Richard. Our theme music is by Reximus. That's all for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Next week on Science Salted. I brewed up the uh, bacteria on a couple of petri dishes and put it into what was beef soup, which is what you, what you grow bacteria into, but uh, like a small 50ml uh, bottle of chicken, uh, beef broth. And, uh, and then I uh, drank the bacteria.